Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ho, 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 hello, and welcome to another episode of Bah Humbug, the Christmas movies podcast that managed to get a whole 25% of our Christmas decorations onto the tree this year. Only wait one thing for it. Next year, we raise the ceiling and get more trees. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about a whole mess of movies, and arguably mess is the operative word, that discuss royal Christmases. Yes, we were inspired by the fact that the Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star, is out this year, with Vanessa Hudgens returning in three different roles. She plays Chicago baker Stacy, whom, of course, as we all remember, married Prince Edward of Belgravia. But she's also Margaret, who is now Queen of Montenero, who married Stacy's best friend. And she plays Margaret's ne'er-do-well cousin, Duchess Fiona, who gets the chance to redeem herself this time after plodding to take the throne in the last film after a priceless relic loaned by the Vatican goes missing and only Fiona can get it back. Now, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that these films are completely frickin' barmy, but if you want a Christmas-themed heist movie with Vanessa Hudgens starring in three different roles, this is really as good as it gets. That said, we discussed The Princess Switch 2 last year, and to avoid repeating myself too much, or more than I already do, I've widened out the discussion this time to the entire Netflix Prince's universe, which is what I'm calling it because there are links between all these films, So we're going to be including not just the Princess Switch movies, but the three Christmas Prince films as well, and the previously on Netflix A Royal Christmas, which starred Stephen Hagen and Lacey Chabert. That's because Stephen Hagen is actually going to join us a little bit later in the show to discuss his experiences making that movie and talking about these movies in general. But first, I'm delighted to be talking about the whole giant weird phenomenon of these films, with two film journalist friends and princess movie experts, Clarice Lockery and Charlotte Harrison. So here's my chat with Clarice and Charlotte. Enjoy. Okay, well, let's talk about the Netflix Prince's universe. That's what I'm calling this. But we're talking about particularly, obviously, The Princess Switch 3, and and we're we're going to kind of cover some of these other royal movies as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Christmas Prince movies. Sadly, no fourth Christmas Prince movie this year. I'm sure we were all devastated by that. Um, and we're going to have an interview later in the show with one of the stars of A Royal Christmas, which came out a few years ago and, and kind of is one of the leaders of this trend because they're all exactly the same movie, just done over and over again. But what are your relationships, uh, Clarice and Charlotte, with these kind of crazy royal Christmas movies? It's it's the kind of movie that's playing before you already know it. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't think I ever actively sit down to watch a princess royal Christmas movie. They just happen to me and I accept it. <laughs> and I enjoy them because they're very silly. They are very silly, that's for sure. <laughs> How about you, Charlotte? Have you ever watched one of these deliberately? Because I have, I'll be honest. I mean, mostly for work, but nevertheless, I have actively chosen to put one on. Recently, yeah, my mum has always been a big Hallmark movie fan. Like, come November, she's got the film, like, on Channel 5. There's a Christmas movie channel, isn't there, on Sky? And I was 
such an arsehole about them for years. I was so like, these are not cinema. Why are you watching these? And I was, yeah. All right, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but lately, and particularly, I'd say the past 18 months, I can really see why they're so appealing. The kind of comfort and escapism within them. Like Clarice said, they happen to you. And like you said, they are the same movie every time. And yet that's like, that's nice. Mm. I spent every day waking up not knowing what is going to happen with the universe, but I can put on one of these films. I know exactly what's going to happen for the next, hopefully, 90 minutes. Yeah, I feel like they ha- they, they really struggle when they go over 90 minutes. I think there's a natural cutoff point somewhere there. Yeah, exactly. They do outstay <laughs> their welcome at that point. <laughs> I think so. So, I mean, okay, let, let's get a bit of context here. What are your views on royalty in general? Is it a good thing, a bad thing, a I don't care thing? I, I like my royalty to be fun. I'm I'm a big <laughs> fan of, this is no <laughs> good way to put this. I'm a big fan of the dead ones. You know, like a Prince <laughs> Regent, a George the Third. Mm-hmm. When at a time period when they were doing very weird things. Because I live in Brighton, I I get to walk past the ridiculous pavilion <laughs> that the Prince Regent <laughs> built every day. And I enjoyed that. And I think if modern royalty were were doing more dragon adjacent things, I would prefer it. (laughs) I I think we all would, yeah. Are are you talking slaying dragons or just like, you know, having... Oh, sorry, that was a very niche reference. Within the Brighton (laughs) Pavilion, um, there's a lot of dragon decoration for some reason. I think he was going through a dragon phase when he built the Brighton Pavilion. (laughs) Because he's obsessed with dragons and India, I believe, at the time when he built it. Wasn't it like his yes. um, palace for his mistress? Oh, I possibly. I don't actually know the history of it. That's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it probably. I mean, look, they they all built palaces for their mistresses. So Trianon at, at Versailles, for example, that was Louis XV's mistress's house. That'd be a Christmas movie I'd watch. <laughs> mistress's palace (laughs) the mistress's uh, look netflix call us we've got your next billion dollar idea we can get at least three movies out of this it's not going to be a problem um charlotte how about you are you pro royals again like clarice i'd say the horrible histories version of royalty i'm here for if there's a song about it even better (laughs) um not so much now but this version yes and like mm-hmm. the Princess Diaries version, when you wanted to wake up and find you a royalty, it sounded kind of fun. At least mm-hmm. 15 years ago before Pizza Express and those kind of things. <laughs> That's a niche reference as well. <laughs> um, I, I would just suggest people baffled by that Google Prince Andrew and Pizza Express <laughs> in, in close proximity. Um yeah, I'm I'm kind of similar. I like reading all the stories about it. I can recommend a lot of Jean Plady books, which were very formative to my development of an under, any understanding of English history. But the, but the real life ones are a bit boring or appalling. Like the, the, it's it seems like there's two settings, and it's basically one of those. And and the Queen has, to her credit, always gone for boring, um, but some of her children less so. So you know. <laughs> I will say I like. I think it's is it the king of Norway who um, just has a nice dog and he brings the dog places and he'll wear silly hats like that. I can I can silly hats and dogs. Yeah, that's using your power for good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I have no impulse to depose him. He's good. (laughs) He can say. I will say the president of Ireland also has two enormous big shaggy black dogs who come to everything. So you know, presidents can do that too. Biden has two good dogs. Basically, good dogs, maybe, instead of a royal family. How about that? I prefer that. <laughs> and then the Christmas movie should be about the dog switching. Oh, my God. <laughs> Netflix, we are on fire right now. Call us. We've got so many live action. Oh, live action. Live action, animation, whichever. Yeah. Because I want the little dog, you know, when they have to do the tricks and then they animate the lips to move. I like, like that. Like the Lion King. Yes. <laughs> oh god okay netflix don't call us that that's a terrible idea (laughs) um yeah and it it, i do think it is weird how much some of these films are shaped by real life this is why i ask about the royals because you know it seems to me that ben lamb in the princess switch is very much doing a, a performance at least inspired by if not an impression of some of the british royal family like there's a ve- there's a very kind of Prince Charles energy to him in those films. I feel like, yeah, and it feels like Margaret is Grace Kelly, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like that's what they're aiming for, hence the the Montenero made up <laughs> micro kingdom. <laughs> it's the, yeah, to me, it's always felt like it's a mixture between British royalty and like, yeah, one of those European micro kingdom royalties where mm. they still sort of speak with a British accent for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, I do have so many questions about the geography of like this entire genre. So we've got, so it's, it's Montenero and Belgravia in, in the Princess Switch movies. Those are the two kingdoms involved. Cordinia is the one in A Royal Christmas and Aldovia is the one in a Christmas Prince. It's really hard for me to keep track of even the names of these films are so generic. But like, so uh, uh, this is obviously an alt history version of quasi-Europe where English-speaking countries have like broken up into loads of micro-states. Because a lot of these films, at least the Princess Switch and Christmas Prince ones, exist in the same universe. They have characters who cross over hilariously and they cross over with a castle for Christmas, which exists in a recognisable UK. So my question is, where are they and why <laughs> and what's going on and how come they all speak English? Like the people in the quaint little town down below as well, like, you know, not just the people in the castle. The castles, by the way, are all extremely Eastern European looking. <laughs> the people are all very Western European looking. It's very confusing. I don't understand what's going on. And it was film too that really threw me when she says that I'll meet you in London when I fly via Chicago. And I was like, do you remember the little map planner, like Skyscanner or whatever in my head? Like, no. So so you're in, so maybe they're all in Canada? I mean, some of them look like they were filmed in Canada. So is that, would that make sense? I don't, I don't know what's happening. Or very is it just cheaper to do it? You know, sometimes it's cheaper to go and she was feeling very, um, she just wanted to save some money for Christmas. She just slept on the bench <laughs> yeah. in Heathrow. Don't know. Got the 5 a.m. flight from yeah, okay. That makes sense. Went to Spoons for the pint beforehand. <laughs> so so what is convincing to you about these films? Is anything remotely based in truth? No. <laughs> it's like 0.1%. <laughs> I will say the set dressing. <laughs> I feel uh -huh. like they are potentially often taking advantage of pre-existing interiors of these gorgeous mm. Eastern European castles. So mm -hmm. sometimes I will catch myself going, oh, that's a nice painting. Wonder. Okay. Like, oh. Yeah. Like the paintings look like they might be real. That's, I'll offer yeah. that. <laughs> they belong in a castle of some sort. <laughs> yes. It's not like a Photoshop of Vanessa Hudgens. Like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay so props to the production designers anything charlotte anything come to mind that seems real i was thinking yesterday about how literally every moment of these films particularly number three you could take out and do in reality and it just wouldn't make sense that you look at it or listen to it and be like no that's are you human um particularly <laughs> actually in film number two her coffee shop when she goes to visit him um, visit so, so this, is, this is the princess switch number two yeah sorry princess switch right. number yep. two she goes after having her pre-stopover in london in chicago her cafe has something like 15 christmas trees lit up in it oh, and i was wow. thinking i've never been to somewhere with 15 christmas trees lit up like that <laughs> for a coffee i would like to go to there but yeah. it, it, it it does feel like that would be taking up quite a lot of space that would otherwise be devoted to covers so you I mean, would kind of lose go. a lot of money as a cafe yeah I'm, i have questions about their business sense if that's what they're doing that's a very good point <laughs> i mean my my bigger issue with with a lot of the decoration in this, these films and and actually not particularly these films which i think do it quite well but a lot of royal posh people christmas movies is they stint on the christmas decorations so I and I think these films do it quite well, but they're still visibly fake trees, visibly fake garlands, and sometimes a little bit pound shop baubles, a little bit. <laughs> and and I, again, these ones are not at the worst end of that. There is a terrible, terrible film on Netflix at the moment with uh, Elizabeth Hurley and uh, Kelsey Grammer and uh, that whole crowd called "What well, Is It?" Father Christmas's home. That has incredibly cheap looking Christmas decorations, like to the point where you're like, I'm sorry, you're living in a mansion and you've bought your Christmas tree decorations from Poundland. No, get out of time. I don't believe it. Oh, no, I did like in the Princess Switch movies, the the castle 
is always mm. fully wrapped in lights. But again, I feel mm. like the production team didn't do that. I feel like that's just that house that time of year. <laughs> that's that castle. And they just locked out. <laughs> that's why they chose it because it's like, oh, let's go film in the Eastern European castle that really goes all out for Christmas every year. See, this is the thing. I'm very hesitant to give any credit <laughs> for anything that looks nice in these movies because I feel like that was or probably already there. <laughs> But at least they had the sense to choose good locations in that case. The location manager gets the credit. That's true. The location manager. Full props to the location (laughs) manager. The only person who's really (laughs) killing it in these movies. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I I love nitpicking, so I'm all here for for let's nitpick. Like, what things stuck out to us. One of the things that really leapt out at me is I have never heard of a duchess called Fiona. I, I feel like that's not a common name for duchesses. And of course, in the Princess Switch 2 and 3. I was going to say, is it a Shrek reference? (laughs) (laughs) It honestly probably is. And I'm I'm kind of terrified. Oh, no, I I stand corrected. I've just Googled Duchess Fiona and there is a a Fiona Duchess of Carnarvon and a Duchess of Leinster. But nowhere like in England, which is where all these freaking accents are from. So (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, let's talk princes. Are the princes convincing? Um, <laughs> I, I wish you could see the, the face that Clarice just made. It was it was genius. <laughs> I would say yes, because they're very bland. And <laughs> princes seem quite bland. They're all mm-hmm. um they're all Prince Charming and Cinderella as yeah. opposed to like an Eric or a Flynn Rider, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or a <Yeah>. Naveen <laughs> very much in the probably didn't even need to give them a name to be honest could just be called man <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, see, you're seeing like original series Disney rather than reborn Disney oh, yes no because Richard yeah, Man is yeah. great I'm talking about the original animation Prince Charming where he <laughs> yeah. is just a slab of wood that like comes on screen going hello I love you <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe. That's the vibe that I get from every single prince in these movies. Interchangeable. I already, I can't, I could not describe to you the physical features of any of these people. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you, they have all been cover stars of Lisa Simpson's favourite magazine, Non-Threatening Boys Club. Yeah. Like all of them have been cover stars at one point or another. Very handsome, seem like nice boys and definitely non-threatening. There's got to be a reason for that, hasn't there? Because Clarice, you're saying like Flynn Rider. That is it. I would watch that prince and love that prince. There's got to be a reason they're so safe and non-threatening and bland. Is that so we can just enter that universe and that's kind of a safe space? Maybe. Yeah. Or it might be, I think it's part of the fan, like the romantic fantasy of it is imagine just the man's rich. There's nothing else to it. You don't have to, because with the Flynn Rider, you know, at the end of Tangled, like they're definitely having some relationship issues after that. (laughs) It's probably going to have a bit of a wandering eye. They're going to have to deal with that. (laughs) This guy, none of these princes are cheating. None of these princes are like, have a secret gambling addiction like they have no personality <laughs> so there's no reason for a fight <laughs> yeah you know, to... they power down and that's it yeah they just power down at the other day and they just bring you oh darling here's your tea and then they go away and you don't have to because <laughs> it doesn't seem like the princes and the princesses actually spend any time together in these movies yeah. once no. the marriage has happened it's really about acquiring the wealth and then the man goes away <laughs> <laughs> It it also feels like they're slightly pliable. Um, so basically the outspoken American girl with her American exceptionalism has to come in and kind of teach them to do their job properly in, in a lot of these cases. Like genuinely. Yeah. You know, in 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 the first princess switch. He's raising money for an orphanage he knows nothing about, has never been to, and has no idea how they use the money or if they need more. You know, in uh, A Prince for Christmas, she basically sorts out a constitutional law crisis, Um, which I, as a former lawyer, would have loved to really get into in more depth. What the king is able to change the law by fiat for the whole entire law of succession is just transformed in that film. Makes no sense to me. Ah, Anyway, you know, it takes an American coming in and, and, and sorting everybody out. Oh, that's that's revenge, isn't it? 
<laughs> That's the American dream is to get control of Britain. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, by the end of the Princess Switch movies, you know, there are Americans on the throne of at least three European nations. So, <laughs> you know, you got you Republicans are doing with a small R are doing really, really well there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the game plan. That's the fantasy with all these movies. Some sort of weird, like, grudge from the 18th century. <laughs> we will take it back. Yes. Yeah. It's um. It's a. It's a. It's a thing. Um. I have questions. I have so many questions, but I have questions about the the most recent Princess Switch movie, which we really should talk about a little bit more because it is the most, the freshest of the bunch. They turn it into a heist movie. Why? And what? And what did you think of that? Was this a bold new direction for the for the genre? I mean, I like the idea of each one doing a different genre. Like next time they're going to space somehow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Fast Nine. (laughs) Exactly. I want the equivalent of that, yeah. And the thing is, in this film, they need to steal an artefact that's been lent from the Vatican and they need to con some nuns. And yeah, it's a choice. (laughs) It's it's Dan Brown meets The Sound of Music. You know, that's uh, a classic, classic right there. Meets... um... Watching this in 2021, um, the <laughs> Fiona is just Cruella. And I don't know, I, it's just, I feel like Emma Stone needs to give her some credit or something because the performances are too alike. <laughs> and she even has the two little minions who are like, all right, we're the Cockney minions. <laughs> we have our table manners. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a bit odd to watch it, and especially now that it's a height. Now that she's doing criminal stuff, I mean, the next one she's just gonna steal some puppies for sure, <laughs> <laughs> and then turn them into a cloak, Maggie Moon. <laughs> I mean, what do we think of Vanessa Hudgens? Because I have to say, I do give her some credit because, you know, these films are objectively utterly ridiculous. But I could generally tell which of the three she was playing, even if she was dressed up as one of the other ones, in fairly short order. So I feel like, you know, performance-wise, that stands for something, even if the reason I could tell is because her performance is extremely broad. But, you know, it's not nothing. I mean, it's not quite orphan black, but it is better than it could be. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it's kind hearts and coronets either. Yeah, but, you know, for, for a kind of film aimed at kids... Are Maybe they? that's. I mean, are they? That's a good question. Are they? I don't think any of my students watch them, but now I will be asking all of them tomorrow at lineup. <laughs> I think the movie's made for hungover people, food or alcohol related hangovers, right? <laughs> Way, so perhaps the brain is more of working at a child level because you're just like. <laughs> Bright colours, <laughs> sparkle. Mm. Sparkles, yeah. Um, heist, do the thing, the flippy thing through the laser. <laughs> that doesn't I mean, tax yeah, my that, brain. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was very like, I mean, you know, did Catherine Zeta-Jones exist for nothing? You know, is this what it has come to? I will say massive props to Vanessa Hudgens for the performance of the laser base because she she does it so sensually. <laughs> She's like crawling across the floor. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Give her an acting award for that. For slithering <laughs> along the floor like a little sexy Do snake. Do you reckon that was on her CV? And they were like, yes, finally, it's her time to use that skill. <laughs> What can slither among you? Can can, <laughs> can ride horses? <laughs> can speak Spanish? Can slither? <laughs> um, yeah, and I did. I look again. Credit where it's due. I did like the fact that they were stealing from a tech billionaire because I think that's the single most timely element of any of these films. Well, it was a, he was um, an international hotelier, which is even yeah. more evil. <laughs> 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 But anyway, yeah, you're right. But stealing from billionaires, I think, is something we should, as a society, encourage. So, you know, that at least they, they got right, even if they're propping up the the system by, by lionising royalty. Yeah, and like, I won't say anything about the actual um, MacGuffin in this movie, the idea that St. Nicholas would have, um, 
you know what, I'll roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) What? It makes perfect sense that St. Nicholas was, in this case, a real person. In fairness, I think he was a bishop in the, whatever, fourth century or something. Um, But the the Vatican has this kind of stuff just lying about and they like loan it out to the nearest kingdoms for Christmas. And it's like the most gold encrusted. This is, I don't know if you guys saw Red Notice, this is Cleopatra's Eggs Part 2, where you just go, "Mm, you didn't have to make it a thing. It could have just been, here's a really expensive gold encrusted. Why did the Vatican have to be a part of it? It was very weird to me. And well, that conversation th- it, it, with the, yeah. oh God, what was he having the cake? And he's like, oh, as it's Christmas. It's a very odd moment. Oh, yeah. The cardinal, or I think he's a cardinal. Yeah. That, it, it is weird. I mean, because, <laughs> again, you know, these films are obviously set in this weird parallel world where all these kingdoms exist and they all speak English, but they, they're they worried about excommunication. That's the big threat here, <laughs> is excommunication. And... I mean, that was a very big deal back in the, you know, 1200s, don't get me wrong. Like that really, it counted for something and it could really threaten your your grip on the throne. In 2021, excommunication. I want to see the version where she does get excommunicated and then she turns full Henry VIII. She sets up her own church. She's ramsacking the Catholic churches. This priest hiding in holes in the ground. She becomes a tyrant. Like, imagine the alternate universe. Princess Switch. Well, they are making a Princess Switch 4, right? So there's still time. Oh can but hope. With the space program as well, they set up with the money. With the space program. They no longer program. give to the church. I'm just thinking this. This is me spitballing. I'm just coming up with these ideas off the top of my head. Excommunication, excommunicado, John Wick crossover, mm-hmm. right? Oh or God. she just becomes an assassin. I don't mind. We can I mean, workshop the details. We've seen a hotel already so, that serves candy cane martinis. Would a fancy hotel serve candy cane martinis? Please discuss. What is a candy cane <laughs> martini? Look, leafy. No, I'm, I'm not a drinker. Would that be nice? Like, would a martini, would those flavours go with sweetness? I guess it would be peppermint, right? It would be like a peppermint liqueur. Yeah. With the vermouth? I don't know. Reddish, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's like melted candy cane in the... Maybe they've made dishwasher vermouth. Is that a thing? I know you can make dishwasher vodka. Where you put sweets, you can put like Skittles in vodka and then put it in your dishwasher and then you have Skittles vodka. But like... I, like again, I'm not a drinker, so I don't know. Do you? Can you dissolve candy cane in some kind of liqueur in the same way? Probably. Maybe the point is that it's disgusting, but because Fiona is such like a live wire, she would have a she disgusting really taste in alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's the female equivalent of those guys who drink Wicked. Is that, is yes. that basically it? Yeah. Okay. Or WKD. Yeah. Okay. So she does so have good funny. taste in shoes, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, she has, yeah, and she has, they have actually spent money on couture or like at least designer clothes in this, which again, not all of these films do. (laughs) Yeah, I will say that some of the royal get-ups were halfway convincing, like the jewels and the crowns and the the big chiffon gowns. Oh, I didn't mean that to rhyme, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was very poetic I loved it uh, oftentimes in these movies the like royal accessories are so ridiculously bad mm. that it just it just looks laughable but here I here it's just convincing enough that I'm like okay this could be a very very small country <laughs> where they can yeah. have light tiaras light tiara just this is my daytime tiara it's no no big deal you know yeah let me just at this point pause you guys for just a second I want to cut to an interview that I did recently with one of these princes Stephen Hagen starred in a royal Christmas uh, back in something like 2012 with Lacey Chabert and Jane Seymour as his mum and uh, he's recently been on screen in The Larkins, of course, you may have seen him on TV, but he was good enough to jump on uh, on Squadcast with me and talk about his experiences being a prince at Christmas. So here's Stephen Hagen, please enjoy. Okay, I'm joined today by Stephen Hagen, star of A Royal Christmas, which 
Okay, now there's a bit of a trend nowadays for these royal Christmas movies. I feel like you were at the kind of the beginning of that of that you know you, momentum. Really, are you, are you trying to say that I was at the cutting edge? I'm, I'm just. I, I think you're a trendsetter. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know really anything about them. Whenever I took the job, I just took it as a. It was straight to DVD. The cast looked amazing, like, and it just looked mm. like it'd be fun for a couple of weeks. So I went out, not really knowing much about it. I learned a lot on that job about shooting and timings and with film and all the rest of it. And then it's been mad because it's coming up to, it'll be 10 years next year when we shot it. And um, yeah, I've more people talk to me about that film than any other work I've ever done, (laughs) which is brilliant because it's a really nice, it's a nice movie. There's no, there's no weird hostage situations or dark, dark (laughs) humors. It's, It's a really nice thing to be able to talk to anybody about. And as I said, I didn't, I didn't realize how much of a big deal it was, but then obviously now they're, they're, there's hundreds of them made every year. Yeah. And especially Hallmark. Like I know Lacey, she, Lacey Chabert, who's in the film with me, she's contracted in and I think she does about two or three every year, which is brilliant. And she, and she, and she also loves them as well. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I've seen her and others, I think since. Yeah, so, um, which is, so yeah, she which clearly is, got a taste for it. Which is deeply upsetting for me because I still haven't got a phone call. <laughs> I must've, I must've really offended somebody. Uh, but no, as I say, it was it was brilliant, and everyone's really nice, and everyone knows what they're doing. And we, uh, we shot it in uh, in Romania, um, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of them are done out there, and the crew are all brilliant. They know what they're doing, and yeah, it was it was uh, yeah, it was good fun. But there wasn't we shot it. Uh, I think it was July we shot it, so there wasn't. Oh, wow, I was going to ask actually. Yeah, was there any snow? Was there any of? No, we shot it July, and then it was out by that Christmas, and it was absolutely roasting and then because to have you done up with the the scarf and heavy coats and stuff and i was just melting every single take it was <laughs> horrible but but then i i did learn a little trick on that because jane seymour who played my mom on it is mm-hmm. obviously an absolute legend she um there was a scene where we're all outside and it was supposed to be freezing cold and there was loads of snow machines and she arrives and gets out of the car and she didn't have her coat on for rehearsals I was kind of going, right, okay, we should better get that on, otherwise she'll make this all look. But she gets out with no coat, her butler's holding her coat, and she just does some cold acting, and it's completely believable. She just does a bit of a burr, <laughs> and then that's it. I'm just looking, I'm going, ah, oh, why didn't I do think of that? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was really hot, really hot. But it looks it looks beautiful, sun and snow It looks is, good, is yeah. perfect. And, and I have to say, like, it's quite difficult in some of these films convincing yourself that you're in... Europe at all because it's it's very clearly Vancouver yeah. in a lot of these films very very obviously Vancouver um, so you know at least there were actual sort of vaguely castly looking things here that you know looked indeed looked lots of the interiors were pretty amazing um, and there was Lacey's character was from Philadelphia but there wasn't much mm-hmm. stuff in Philadelphia so it was quite easy but then the studio we shot at they have a whole American street like lined up and ready to roll of all the different it's like Universal Studios I have just everything ready to go uh, so yeah it was yeah. Uh, I didn't have to stretch the imagination too much <laughs> the main thing I've, I've been on a couple of set visits in, in uh, around uh, Bucharest and uh, Eastern Europe in general the catering's always amazing they always have like the best food yeah on some of those it sets it was quite <laughs> I remember we were when we were filming outdoors I just for most of the morning all you could hear was <laughs> And I didn't have a clue what it was. And I thought no one was blinking. So you thought, well, this must be, there must be something going on. But then as I went to lunch, I noticed beside the um, the canteen, there was loads of turkeys, just loads of turkeys just running around in the middle of Christmas. And I, was, I said, why have you got all the turkeys? And then it was the guy said, well, you're by the canteen. Do you not, can you not kind of put two and two together? And I was like, no way. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, that's, and I like, okay. When you, it's hard to remember when you're shooting a Christmas movie that you're also eating turkey at the same time. <laughs> wow. I mean, I guess that helps you get into character and, and, and very yeah. seriously, you know. Yeah. Mm. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was, um, <laughs> it was definitely a learning experience, but they've all wrapped up over there. They know exactly what they're doing and the studios are great as well. Yeah. So, I mean, did you have to research the role as a prince if you're playing a prince of a fictitious country? No, it was it was it was all very quick. It was like I think I cast it a couple of weeks before we went, and it was all. That's the good thing about it. They're not trying too hard to to do anything. Like they've they've invented this structure, and it works. Everybody loves it because I know from looking 
looking through and people talk to me about Hallmark, Hallmark movies is they have a formula and it and it works. And one of the most uh, upsetting things I found was they have another one called ours was called the Royal Christmas. I think it's called like I think it's called the Christmas Princess. Somebody will know. Anyway, they've mm-hmm. done. Oh yeah, there is a, a Christmas Princess. But, but yes, I think they've yeah. done. They've done a trilogy of it. So they've got her meeting the prince, they've got her getting married, and they've got like a royal baby or whatever it's called. And it's it's done by the it was done by the same director who did my one. I was going, well, why why not just do the sequel of our one? Uh but as I say, they've obviously got a formula and it works and and people love it. People love just sitting down and watching them. They they are very nice to snuggle down to. Well, here's my theory. You get to the end of the year, it's been stressful, it's been busy, the weather's miserable, and you just want to switch your brain off yeah. for a couple of hours and watch something very safe and non-threatening. Yes, we've basically. all we've all watched our fair share of ITV dark dramas where a child has just been murdered or taken hostage. So it's quite nice to just get everybody, especially when, when you've got young kids as well. Um, mm-hmm. forever, it's very difficult nowadays to find something that because I've got, we've got our stretch from 10 right up to 19, although she's not in the house. Uh, but it is that thing where you try and find something you can all sit down and watch. And it's just slowly, it's slowly become, becoming more and more difficult. So stuff like that is is uh, really nice. Although my youngest, he, he doesn't like watching the Royal, well, he didn't like watching the Royal Christmas when it first came out because he couldn't understand. It was lots of, well, I, I, I. <laughs> Because he said, "Who's who's that woman you're you're talking to on screen?" Meaning Lacey Chabert, and I was like, "Oh, that's just." And my wife just looked at me. I go, "No, you can explain it, Stephen." Uh, and and I was like, "Oh, that's just that's just Daddy's friend from work." And then there's obviously the scene where we kiss, and he looks at me again and goes, "I thought Mommy was your best friend." I was like, "Uh, yep." Uh, well, we, we don't have to watch it again if it upsets you. Says, "No, I I don't like this one." I'm, okay, no problem. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> You wow, still learn. Harsh criticism. <laughs> they are my harshest critics, so that's 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 why I live with them. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right about you know dark, depressing TV because I know a lot of uh, friends who are who after they became parents basically can't watch anything anymore. Yeah. They're like everything has kids in peril. Yeah. So you just although there is there is uh, isn't there a little orphan girl in this one? Oh yeah. Um, so you that's know. Right. There is, yeah, but not, <laughs> there is that yeah, story. Just, yeah, but just not. There's some of the stuff you're watching these days, and you go, "All oh, right, the kid's dead." Or you, whenever you see a, whenever you see a, whenever you see like those introductory scenes, and there's a slight pause, or they look off camera, you're like, "Oh my god, something really awful has happened to them." Uh, which, which yeah. is great. Like they have their place in society, but as you say, at Christmas, it's nice just to sit down and watch something you can all enjoy together. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about. Jane Seymour, because I feel like it, it'd be quite confusing to have her playing your mum, just like in terms of your feelings about well, everything. The, 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 the person who doesn't find it confusing in the slightest is my mother, who just thinks it's the, the most normal <laughs> casting ever. She's like, yep, yeah, that makes complete sense. They obviously know who I am. My mum, she was, she's, yeah, she's been playing that up for a long time, that she is Jane Seymour. <laughs> but yeah, that was amazing. I, I didn't know what to expect or once again, She's a massive legend. So you're turning up trying to figure out: Are you allowed to look her in the eye? Is it what? But she was so nice to welcome her daughter. Was also in the film as well. Uh, so it was a really nice together atmosphere because her daughter brought her husband out, and and her granddaughter was out at the time. So it was a real nice family feel to it. And uh, yeah, she's just she she's what you'd expect from. From especially because she was Katie's mom as well, there was beautiful moments where she's been deeply embarrassing, like any normal person. Uh, but she's but she's, she's also just great at what she does. She's a consummate professional and makes everybody feel comfortable on set, which is very really nice. And how was Lacey as well? I'm guessing similar, you know, yeah. professional. She's been doing this since she was knee high. Yeah, she could do it with her so. eyes closed. So it was quite nice to have her um, uh, by my side through a lot of it, and I could ask her questions, and she was very supportive because it was my it was my first one. I was. I was kind of turning up. It's my first lead in a film as well, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah. I was kind of turning up and realizing, well, what I'm in most pages, I better, I better figure out what I'm doing here. But but Lacey was great as well, and she was also very good. Obviously, um, being from Mean Girls, uh, my daughter was very excited that I was working with her, and she she managed to, to do a voicemail for Isabella, uh, using her catchphrase "fetch," which. Um, Isabella oh was, was very She's still trying to make fetch She's happen. She's still trying to make fetch happen. And who could blame her? And I think it has quite happened, right, though, right. to be honest. I think it's happened. It oh, happens yeah, every time it sure. comes on. But yeah, um, 
yeah, the whole thing was was brilliant. I was very I was very lucky to be involved, and it was kind of a ha- a happy surprise of figuring out how how important these movies are to people. Strangely, mm-hmm. what what was it like celebrating Christmas in the middle of summer that way? Um, Being surrounded by trees and everything did did it make it a bit confusing come the next Christmas? Yeah. Because then, cause then it, it came around and we were releasing it and there was all the chat and you're kind of like, I feel like I've done all this before. And then I, d- I don't think it snowed that year. So I'd done all my snow in the middle of July. But yeah, it was, um, you don't necessarily get Christmas jet lag. It's here, having Christmas twice a year is not, not the end of the world. Not every year, but it's not the end of the world. And especially after these past couple of years, it feels like every season has happened five times this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or yeah, zero. Or, yeah, none, exactly. or none at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Um, so tell me about them, th- these these films in general. Have you watched some of the others? Like, do you now watch them with a keen eye? Um, yeah, I'd watched when I got the gig. I'd watched a few of the previous ones. I'd watched one before that had I think Roger Moore was in one. They'd oh, obviously wow. gone right if we can get wow. someone out. And I Big think shoes. that's when they went. That's their kind of formative thing. They go right. A James Bond one worked. Who can we get out of James Bond? Well, Jane Seymour was in James Bond. Why don't we have her this time and see what happens? Uh, so I watched that one, but no, I haven't. I, any any time I sit down and 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 have to watch it, there's there's so many of them on. Uh, I sometimes watch if, if Lacey's come on, I'll watch a bit of Lacey's to see to see who she's cleared off with now, uh, and and try not to get too upset. <laughs> So tell us what you're up to at the moment, because you've been in the Larkins recently, haven't you? I think as we speak, it just finished about two weeks ago. Yeah, it finished week two weeks ago. Uh, we, we we filmed that during the summer and that was the opposite. Well, was it? Yeah, we were trying to make everything seem quite warm and sunny and it was cold and rainy. So it's, <laughs> it must be on my CV somewhere that I can I can do the opposite of the weather. Uh, but yeah, yeah and, You should have gone to Romania. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then they um then there's a Christmas special coming up uh, I think they're talking about it being aired on Christmas Day, and then there's chat about a second series. So yeah, that was that was that was loads of fun. That was kind of the first job that I'd got after the pandemic, and it was all outdoors, and it was nice to speak to people who I didn't live with for a change. <laughs> and I think the people I lived with were quite glad to get rid of me. <laughs> quite glad. Thank God, some some a break at last. Thank God, he's <laughs> gone. Yeah. So yeah. That's fantastic. Well, fingers crossed for a second season, but uh, and more Christmas specials of that because it feels like the kind of thing that you know that should be. Christmas yeah, it's very similar. It's that thing where it's uh, it's family warm warming and all the rest of it. But I did when I watched it, I didn't realize how many how many scenes that started off with the mother and father of the family, mom and pop, where they were either putting their clothes on or taking their clothes off after. So obviously they've been having a good time together. And I was like, wow, you've really, for a Sunday night watching audience, you're really, you're really pushing the envelope here. So yeah, I was, I, I thought that that was, there was, there was a lot of filth in the Larkins, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> but yeah, apparently it's family well, friendly. Yeah. <laughs> family friendly, family friendly filth. Family there we go. Friendly <laughs> filth. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're, that, it feels like, it feels like, it feels like that could be the slogan for a whole new Hallmark channel, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Yeah. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd get the phone call for that one. <laughs> well, listen. Thanks so much for chatting to us about this. And you know, presumably this is going to play on on Christmas somewhere in the world every it's, year it's not, for eternity. It's not just Christmas. The amount of texts and and messages I get. It, there's all year round. This thing's on. Um, and then there's a countdown to Christmas, and then there's a. In, in the middle of July, it comes out in America. I don't understand that at all, but in the middle of July. And then wow. for a while on Netflix, it was just on there the whole time. Uh, so yeah, it's that thing where you know exactly what you're going to get and, and and that's it. You just try and... And that's what you Yeah, get, exactly. Yeah. But and people have watched it so many times as well. Mm. So yeah, it's 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 an, it's obviously an amazing thing that I, I didn't see coming and it, it's really nice to have been a part of it. Any favourite scenes or scenes you remember? As being difficult or scary. Yeah, I was thinking about it the past couple of days. So the we there was a dance scene in it where I had we had to do a choreographed proper like strictly come dancing thing, which are uh, that was kind of the first week of rehearsal was spent mostly just dancing, and that wasn't with 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 Lacey, That was with Katie who who played kind of the the love rival. So we spent tons of time on that, and that was that was really scary. And then the other one was there's a bit with one of the um. You don't call them security guards in the royal family. You know the guys that stand outside. Oh, bodyguards. You no, know, the guys that stand yeah. outside. Oh, with big right. Oh, hats. yeah, yeah. 
oh god like the, the yeoman warriors yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, uh, so yeah. We had one of those and the, the director basically said right there's a bit where you, you have to have it in the script it just says have fun and like, well, what do you want us to do he says we'll just mess around so we ended up Lisa and I just tried to make this guy laugh nonstop, and it they kept rolling and rolling and rolling, and we just tried everything, and we did keep Matt. And then it got to a point where we had to stop shooting because he kept laughing too much. But I remember, I, <laughs> I remember that scene. Uh, so it was heavily choreographed, was one scene, and just another scene we completely improvised. But um, yeah, it was um, it was a lot of fun. Well, listen, thank you so much for chatting to us, and see you in a royal Christmas, yeah. like whenever you want, whenever, whenever you want, whenever. <laughs> it's like the back call; you just put out the Hallmark call. It'll be there somewhere. <laughs> I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Stripped Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. So that was Stephen, who himself is obviously not bland, so you can see what a good acting job he did, right? You know, it kind of works. Um, (laughs) But also, I love that, you know, they had, in that film, it was obviously Jane Seymour as the Queen. In the Prince Christmas Prince movies, they have uh, Alice Krieg as the Queen. There is a real tradition of getting a wildly overqualified British actress in in that role, at least. And I think it's one of the things that, for me, the Princess Switch lacked a little bit. She's, she's very nice and everything, but she's not quite on the same level, I think. Yeah, I it's interesting in this one that they they hold off the reveal of Fiona's mother for so long. Mm. And I kept being like, yeah. Oh my god, who is it? Who is it gonna be? <laughs> I want a bottom Um and then it's Amanda Donahoe, who is is fantastic. Um mm. but it's really weird how much they play out. Like I by the end I thought it like it's gonna be Cher, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Amanda, this is like Mamma Mia, here we go again, again. Yeah, I just found that decision quite odd instead of just having her there so we could have more of her performance because she was actually very good as the the (laughs) mum. Yeah, so where do they go from here? What do they do for the Princess Switch 4, apart from going into space? We need another Vanessa Hudgens. That was the most disappointing thing about this is that I thought they were going to keep adding one Mm. for each sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll doppelgang one of the men. Oh my god! Yes, or all of them. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm just again. Netflix, call us. We're coming up with gold ideas, but there are going to be some bad ones among them. <laughs> the fascinating thing is, is the lack of chemistry between the majority of the couples. So I was just thinking about like cloning the princes. I was like, oh, but then they have to have no chemistry with more women. <laughs> But they could I, have introduced an interesting man, and that could be the twist. Whoa. Imagine. Oh, that would be good. Yes. Imagine if men were interesting. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> These are fantasy uh, movies, so. <laughs> Let's not ask for the moon, shall we? Um I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the um the sh- there is a shared universe here, right? So um, I wasn't entirely kidding about the next Netflix Prince universe, uh movie movie universe, because so Christmas Prince is on TV, but I don't know if it's the character or the film, but I think it's the film is on TV in the Princess Switch. Two characters from the Princess Switch movies visit the hotel in a castle for Christmas, which is slightly mind-blowing. Aldovia, which is the, the, the country from A Christmas Prince, is mentioned in A Night Before Christmas which confusingly also stars Vanessa Hudgens, but in a completely different role. So there, there's another oh, crossover we can do. Really there's another great. crossover. The Holiday Calendar is on TV in A Christmas Prince. And Christmas Inheritance is on TV in The Princess Switch. But in The Christmas Inheritance, they watch The Holiday Calendar. It's very confusing. I mean, you thought the Marvel Cinematic Universe was complicated. This is a whole other level of interconnected meta-universe stuff. 
is the implication that all of these events happened, but they were also immediately were turned into films? Okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But the king and queen from A, Prin- a Christmas Prince actually appear in The Princess Switch switched again. So some of the people are definitely real. So maybe they were playing themselves. Maybe all of these films are documentaries. <laughs> they hire the royal family to, to play themselves in the films. Yeah, something something like that, I guess. It would My have orphanages to be. right now. Let me film myself. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, honestly, th- th- this could this could take us months to to really untangle. But there's there are, I mean, there's endless crossover potential. Maybe the reason they haven't announced a Christmas Prince four is because they're planning a massive crossover event, the most ambitious crossover the event, the NTU crossover <laughs> event. <laughs> yes in movie history where Vanessa Hudgens has to play at least four characters one of whom is married to a medieval knight so time travel instead of space he'd understand the excommunication absolutely it's uh I I can only I can only assume that's where they're going and we have Duchess Fiona now the only country a Duchess Fiona really makes sense in is either Ireland or Scotland which is where Castle for Christmas takes place so we can bring those two in as well this is this is gonna knock Infinity War and Endgame into a cocktail. I'll tell you. And also, wasn't the nunnery in Scotland? Because that ca- was it. That oh, no. castle that it was in seemed familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I mean that is probably because they shoot in Edinburgh and around Edinburgh for the Princess Switch movies. The or some of the time, the rest are shot in pretty much solidly Romania. Okay, I think the nunnery might. Be in Scotland, because also the nun was Scottish, and but right. they said it was an hour away. <laughs> so, it's like, so wherever they are is an hour away from Scotland. But would she but, do a community service in Scotland? I don't know. Yeah, that, that makes no sense. <laughs> maybe they invaded yeah. Scotland. I don't know. So many things <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe post Brexit, the UK broke into a tiny patchwork of tiny independent nation states, all of which have their own royal family, all of whom sound like Prince Charles. And that's why they're, some of them sound Scottish and some of them sound more English. And America's just infiltrated each one, marriage by marriage. And, and is gradually re-annexing the whole of the UK. Yeah. Oh, and that's that's where you get the Infinity War crossover event, is all the Americans like band together into one mega American. <laughs> Which Power Ranger the, style. Yeah, the independent British states have to defeat to prevent the... Giant Vanessa Hudgens, like 50 foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, this is a great... Oh my God, this is brilliant. Because so then they, they make an infinity gauntlet out of all the tiaras and the, you know, Christmas stars and stuff that we've had so far, right? They click their fingers and then all of the British accented halves of the couple's disappear and only the americans are left to take over the netflix prince universe right oh Mm. my god and then every movie is about a hard-working city girl who (laughs) goes to a small town to to find some inspiration for some article she's working for yeah, I, I mean, over. you know, we we all we all work as journalists. Have have any of you been sent to a small town for an article you're working on and met up with some handsome hunk while you were there? The single article that's taking me two weeks to write and have an unlimited <laughs> budget for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So that's uh, I I haven't been yet. So you know, <laughs> fingers crossed for that. Um, but uh, I'm sure it'll be any day now. I, I I'm sure it's just an oversight on Empire's part. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, would you let me just let me just like begin to wrap it up here because we've been talking for quite some time. Would you recommend these to the unsuspecting? Wait, what does unsuspecting mean? <laughs> like, you break into the just house. Per, yeah, per innocent people who have never heard of these films, okay. would you say here is a film for you? I'd have to do some prior checks. Like, are you a convert to the Christmas movie idea? Do you like Hallmark movies? Do you like Christmas? There's a lot of questions I'll have to ask beforehand before recommending. (laughs) I would say yes to the Princess Switch movies because I think having Vanessa Hudgens in them makes a world of difference because it's like, we know her. She's from High School Musical. (laughs) She's in Tick, Tick, Boom. (laughs) And I think she provides 
like her performance is weirdly accessible because it's like she's performing at a real movie standard. <laughs> and if you don't have anything, you have that at least. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so just to calibrate people's expectations, this is a question I usually ask at the start of the podcast and I forgot because I wasn't uh, planned today because it's very early in the morning. Listeners, I apologise. Your favourite Christmas movies, what do you go to this time of year, if anything? I, my favourite ones are the one that I grew up watching that I always go back to is The Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant. It's like, you better be nice to your wife, otherwise... Hot angel Cary Grant's gonna come and seduce her away, which is a beautiful Christmas lesson. <laughs> a life lesson, really. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I also love Elf. Elf's a yeah, just solid. <laughs> it's 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 pretty flawless. Yeah. That, that, there is there is no wrong answer there. How about you, Charlotte? Um, mine isn't so much a film. It's uh, the nineteen eighties Christmas special, the claymation holiday special I don't know if you've ever seen it I think it's on YouTube no and it's I've watched it practically every Christmas since I say birth I'm just guessing the first couple of years there and they do these renditions of Christmas carols and they're so bizarre like there's um ice skating walruses they're hosted by dinosaurs host it like it's a television show but they're claymation dinosaurs it's half an hour long and I yeah that's what, oh <laughs> my, my level. <laughs> oh my God. I think I have a new Christmas tradition. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes, please. Um, second question that I ask everybody is, do you have any unusual Christmas traditions in your family? Is there something that you absolutely have to do every year? Um, it doesn't have to be unique or anything, but it's something that maybe is um, not everyone does. We do new pyjamas on Christmas Eve. And when I turned 21, my mum had decided I was too old for it. And I didn't find out till the Christmas Eve. I was like, let me put on my pyjamas, mother. And she went, well, I've not brought you any this year. And I I can't tell you what a tantrum I had that she has never forgotten since. And I get my message in November going, what pyjamas would you like this year? So, uh... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah. My mum tried to stop doing stockings on the basis that we were too old. And we were like, look, we don't care about having a lot of stuff in them, but there have to be gold coins and there have to be baby oranges. Like this mm-hmm. is not negotiable and this is not age, you know, limited. So just sort it out here, please. Yeah, I guess the one thing I still do is I have the same stocking from since I was, I think, an actual baby. Uh, and it's a little Rudolph, like... <laughs> The, the upper half of his body. And I realise now describing it, that sounds like a horrific Torso. thing. <laughs> yeah. But he's holding up the little stock and Aww. sock. A sock. He's holding up the little sock and he looks kind of disgusting now because he's 30 years old. <laughs> but I love him still. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my uncle made himself extremely unpopular with my parents by going to America once and bringing back these enormous Christmas stockings for me and my sister because we were the only ones born at that point. But they're about near enough a foot across and about like three feet tall. And my parents were just like, how the bloody hell do you expect us to fill these every year for these bloody children? And and literally they they had to resort to blowing up balloons a few times just to fill the stuff <laughs> with balloons because they're just too big for anything else. So, uh, but yes, I do still have it. So there you go. That's amazing. Anyway, so good Christmases, good good plans both. I'm, I'm impressed by that. Even if you have dismembered Rudolph for yours, Clarice, because, you know... <laughs> each to their own I oh, guess so my dog my old dog used to really chew on it so it's got like oh, no. <laughs> oh bless oh uh, well but it's still part of Christmas even if it's slightly chewed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the catchphrase no one you needed <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll again I'll just workshop that and send it around to mad agencies I'm sure that'll make us all rich as well so uh, well this has been a very productive session I think we have sorted out the problem of a princess switch for a Christmas prince for and God knows what else and let, hey let's bring it back let's do a royal Christmas too you know there, there's so much um, uh, material here to work with that we can make into something extremely stupid I mean profitable um, I mean great um, so so that would be great but listen thank you so much to Charlotte and Clarice and where can people find more of your work before you go Charlotte do you want to lead off uh, sure so on Twitter at Sometimes Movies I write for film stories I'm on the podcast Jumpcast and all sorts so yeah Twitter is probably the easiest place to find me awesome and Clarice yeah also on Twitter at Clarice Lou. right and you are also in the Independent yes 
Yeah, but I post everything on Twitter, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. You don't need to go there. (laughs) Awesome. Well, listen, thank you guys so much and happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of Bar Humbug. Please join us next time for more Christmas movies madness. In the meantime, I've been your host, Helen O'Hara. This podcast is edited by Ben Williams and produced by Kobe Omanaka for Stripped Media. And if you've enjoyed the pod, please do rate us with five shiny Christmas stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. But whatever you do, happy holidays! heard a stripped media production.